1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim
2: Ryan. And together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we're going to be talking about some delicious food to eat while you're out there, specifically food that you can make around the campfire.
1: Yeah, how's how's your camp cooking, Jim?
0: <laughs>
2: oh, Just do you sense by the laugh that it's, it's probably not great? So mainstay is uh, your simple ramen meal. Mm. You've got some like instant potato soup that is surprisingly delicious if I'm doing some car camping, you know, maybe get a little bit more creative than that, but probably not, if we're being honest. Like, mm-hmm. I really, really need some tips, tips and motivation in this <laughs> regard,
1: I think. I feel yeah. I am embarrassed to admit that one of my go-to camp meals is just straight-up soup from a can, like, not, not even, like, heated up, Um You know, wait, not even heat it up. You just, you literally just, it's not like it's cold. Eat it from the can. It's not like it's cold soup. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, air temperature soup. Well, that's not even much better, Jamie.
2: (laughs) I thought I was going to be the like lowest of the low in this episode. And you're, you're taking it, I have to say, with all respect, one step lower. Yeah.
1: No, it's, it's true. (laughs) Um, You know, if I'm getting really fancy, I'll like cut up some bell peppers and zucchini and put them in a can of chili. And heat that up. Very or nice. Heat it up in a thing. You know, that's, that's kind of like my go-to fancy. But today, since, Jim, you and I lack pretty much any kind of camp cooking skills, we decided to bring on someone who knows a little bit more about it. So we have today Samantha Bacall, a freelance food diversity and travel writer based here in Portland. Um, and she's also the co-author of a new newsletter called Six Feed about local dining during the pandemic. Samantha, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me. It's good to talk with both of you again. Just like old times.
1: Just like old times. Samantha also used to work with us here at the Oregonian, and now she's doing some awesome work here on the freelance job.
2: Yeah, so Samantha, you've got like J- Jamie has described going on trips with you before. We're like you'll whip up a meal that is better than anything he and I are cooking in our kitchens (laughs) and you'll do it like out in the middle of the Alver desert or something like that. (laughs) So first off, kind of lay it on us here. What inspiration should we be channeling right now while we're out
0: camping? Oh gosh. I mean, sorry, both of your camp meals sound so sad. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, for me, like cooking has always been like a self-care routine and it's always like a big part of nourishment just for you know, both like physical and my mind. And I think cooking is something that gets me really excited. And sometimes I just go, i that's not true. Sometimes I do go camping with like a big piece in mind is I just want to cook outside. But I think also too, it's like really difficult to kind of think your way around the logistics of cooking while camping, because you've got like, you have to get to where you're going, you have to get all the equipment, or if you're backpacking, you're like, how do I want how, like, how can I carry things that are nutritious or like an actual meal without like adding extra weight to my pack and things like that but actually a lot of my I think like the best thing I think for camp cooking is doing a lot of prep at home and also like identifying what are those like sort of key foods that are always going to be good and kind of always are going to turn out well no matter sort of where you're at.
1: Sam we told you about some of our really embarrassing camp meals do you can you (laughs) Can you offer some some uh, what, examples of what are some good camp meals or some memorable camp meals that you've
0: made? Sure. Um, for Thanksgiving, a few years ago, a friend and I camped at Lake Wenatchee, and we did a, a chicken. We hung over the fire. We did oysters on the fire with compound herb butter. I did an apple crumble in a cast iron skillet and baked some biscuits off, and then we had made breakfast sandwiches that morning trying to think i've done like skewers i've done steaks i've done like kind of any i've done like a lot of like what people maybe would call like normal cooking outdoors but i think that thanksgiving really is the one that is the most memorable for me
1: my mouth is literally watering
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're talking to uh, i realized the irony in this before we started recording but i literally went to go get myself a snack and just grabbed like a couple spoons of a few spoons of peanut butter just straight from the container <laughs> before we started this and I'm just like I have no catch it on this subject in any capacity <laughs> whatsoever. I've tried a little bit but uh Samantha yeah this all sounds like really really good. What are kind of some of the unique challenges though that you found while cooking outside and and what have you done to kind of overcome those
0: i think a big one is like just having basic equipment so like i have a camp box that i keep and in my camp box Mm -hmm. i have like dish soap and a sponge but i also have like a knife that i always keep in there i keep a cutting board in there i keep various spoons and i always keep a container of salt and pepper olive oil and i think kind of identifying what are some like even if you have like the barest of nothing At the very least, you want to have oil and salt and pepper to cook with, and then any kind of additional spices. So I think your first hurdle is going to be like, okay, so I want to make, let's say I want to make a stew. I don't have even anything to cut my vegetables with, or I don't have a surface with which to cut things on, or I don't have, it's all just going to be like water and the vegetables because I don't have seasoning. Just kind of keeping those sort of basics in like a camp box or whatever you sort of Oh, take camping with you regularly, it's like a really easy way to just kind of start off with a really good base.
2: I don't know how many times I've like tried to make a sandwich or something on the hood of my car or like a sleeping platform in the back of mm-hmm. my car or something like that. Just like, yeah, dude, uh bring a cutting board. Like that's probably gonna help you out a bunch, right? Yeah,
0: even like a yeah, a plastic cutting board. Mm-hmm. It can be a thin one. And the seasoning I'm thinking of is called it's spike and they sell it in like the bulk section of a lot of like natural food grocers, but it's like salt and a bunch of other flavorings kind of all mixed together. And like, if there's anything that you want to keep in your camp box, it's probably a little baggie of, of spike. So.
1: When you are out there cooking, do you always bring your own ingredients or like do you forage or hunt um, or fish while you're out there as well?
0: For the most part, I typically bring, I guess it also depends where I'm going. You know, I think like, if I'm just going somewhere in, you know, Mount Hood, I'm typically going to bring everything with me. I have gone camping and I have, like, caught fish and then have, like, cooked that fish. But I think it's, like, that sort of in and of itself is a different level because you're also, right, needing to bring whatever materials with you to fish or to hunt or to forage. But, I've you know, I've done, like, I've gone foraging and then come home and cooked it. But typically I just bring everything with because a lot of times too the risk of not bringing things with you sometimes is you might not get anything and that's mm-hmm. uh, for me as somebody who has a, a, re- a relationship where I feel like I always need to have food very close by <laughs> that scares me a little bit because you're sort of centering something that's very important to at least for me on the possibility that you might not actually get anything.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. You have to come in with something. Right? Yeah. You have to be prepared.
0: And even like in my camp box, I keep a, like a couple boxes of Annie's mac and cheese, just like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. You know, it's good. I, I just love to have backups because you never know what also happens when you're outside and like, you know, car troubles or with whatever happens, whether
2: your stove doesn't start, something something's weird. Yep. Uh, you just need a backup. Yes. Totally. Um, what about. Maybe, I mean, I know you do backpacking and stuff where you don't have access to your car. And you kind of alluded to earlier that like meal prep is a big necessity mm-hmm. when you're going out on these trips. How does this translate to if you're getting out into the backcountry and hiking into your camping spot? What What's kind of a, a, some tips and tricks for folks who are taking that route to camping?
0: Totally. I mean, I think for me, what I always typically do is... I kind of, I pre-cut and sort of measure everything out before I go. So it's like, if I'm going to do, I always do like a stew with like, you know, either quinoa and lentils or like Israeli couscous and lentils. And then like a bunch of veggies on not, on top of that seasoned with kind of whatever seasoning I'm thinking of, or I'm in the mood for. And so I'll cut, I'll pre-cut and bag all of the veggies that I want to use. I'll measure out you know, all i all mostly like the grains that I want to use and like the seasoning that I want to use because then I can a lot for that weight and then carry it with me. And then when I make the meal, I don't have any leftovers. or I'm not needing to deal with like leaving mm-hmm. food waste wherever I'm at, you know, to try and like pack out what I'm bringing in. And so I think like prepping ahead is a really easy thing that you can do. Just so you kind of like once you get there, you're like, okay, I have my bag of vegetables. I have my bag of grains. I pour it in my pot on my backpacking stove and I add water and that's it. It's all ready to go.
2: It's just part of like your checklist Mm -hmm. before you head out the door. Totally. You grab this, you grab that and you pre-cut some stuff, do some measuring, put it in little baggies, Mm -hmm. get ready to roll.
1: I like it. Are there any other special considerations to have when you're cooking out in the wilderness like that?
0: Well, it's you know, it's like when you because when I that Thanksgiving meal that we um, that I did my friend and I is kind of if you if you're doing kind of just like your car camping and you're planning ahead, like I had marinated that chicken overnight. I had you know I had like a lot of things kind of already going, but also again of course like being conscientious to the smells of the stuff that you're bringing outside. I think that's like can be something that we often forget. Especially if you're going to more sort of established campsites that like any food that you bring out there has the potential to bring somebody or another animal or something out. So especially if you're further out having like a bear canister or things like that, because like I definitely remember like walking not that far away from like our setup and like we were attracting squirrels and birds just because the smell of the marinade was kind of like you could smell it outside of the plastic bag it was sitting in. And so like being a little bit careful if you're going to do things like that, actually, something that I was thinking about that's sort of a little bit adjacent to this conversation, is the stove that you bring when you're camping, my like, I don't know, maybe this is like the cheater's way, but I actually bring a Korean tabletop stove with me as my camp stove, because they're really small. They like come in a little case. they're like 10 to 20 dollars. And they take butane cans, which you have to buy in advance from the Asian grocery store. But like a four pack of butane cans is like two bucks. And it's like a really easy accessible way to have sort of a more, it's like an actual like burner instead of like attempting to cook over open fire, which is like a whole other level of knowledge and things like that. But that one's a really easy sort of way. If you also don't want to spend the money on like, a quote, quote, camp stove.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that open fire. I mean, how often do you actually cook over the open fire versus the camp stove?
0: No, um, it depends. Like, again, that's like something that I'm like planning ahead for. You know, I've done a lot of like, I've done skewers over the open fire. I've done like, if you can get like a flat grill pan and because the thing about cooking over open fire is you're actually really needing to spend a lot of time building and then manipulating your fire space because you basically want to build a huge fire so you get a bunch of embers and then you want to push that aside and so you're basically creating zones in your in your fire of like things that require lower temperature cook over here things that require a a warmer temperature or like a hot sear temperature cook over here so it really is like a lot more manipulation and if you're comfortable doing that like it's great and it's really fun to do i mean cuz you can do steaks on the fire if you've got a flat grill pan that you've got over hot embers and you can get a really good sear and you can you know throw like eggplant or kind of more tough vegetables into the embers and the coals and those kind of get really nice and uh, they just like cook up really nicely they get really soft and you kind of have that little bit of smoke but i love just the tabletop the tabletop grill cuz you can put one pot on there or your tea kettle and it sits just like a regular burner. It has like a little starter. And, you know, it's just like cooking on your stove. And I think that's like a really easy and it doesn't have any of the like, I don't know, I find backpacking stove as great as they are to be hard to cook on because they're so small. So if you're kind of car camping, it's a really nice thing to have just throw in your car if you have a tabletop burner.
2: One more question for you, Samantha, is we've talked all about the process of cooking. That's the goal here, but it's got to feel darn good to actually eat one of these amazing meals that you've prepared like out in the wilderness somewhere like take me on a trip right now uh what does it feel like to just indulge in that steak like alongside a river somewhere
0: oh it feels amazing i mean i'm planning a a camp trip right now is like things open a little bit and you know it's kind of one of those like all right like what can we cook like what can i make and i think that's like part of the excitement for me it's like i know I'm going to be doing probably at least a couple hikes while I'm out there. So I know like my body is going to be tired, but I also still have cravings for X, Y, and Z. And I've been having this like abnormal burger craving lately. So I'm like, okay, we're going to like, we'll do smash burgers like over the fire after we probably do like a really big long hike. And like, I don't know. I think for me, it's just like camping is such a good time for not only like fellowship with you or whoever that you're there with, but like, getting away from everything and like cooking for me has always been sort of that thing that's been at the center of that. And so being able to kind of recreate those moments when you're outside of your normal space are really, are really important. And it really just takes, you know, a little bit of extra planning on the front end and you can kind of recreate that no matter where you're at.
2: I love it. Well, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get some tips from Samantha on how to up our camp cooking game this summer all right folks we are back talking with samantha bacall about camp cooking and samantha we hope you could offer a little bit of advice for people like us who are still eating canned soup and ramen and stuff like that what can we do to up our camp cooking game right now
0: I think if you're somebody who you know if you're gonna reach for a can of soup, you're gonna reach for let's say a package of noodles. I think like an easy i you know I have a thing about like don't run before you walk like I've been cooking extensively in my own kitchen and kind of more so in the outdoors for many years now, and I think it's crazy to think that like all right like i'm <laughs> I've graduated from canned soup to a three course meal. <laughs> But I think, you know, something that you can do is like, okay, so if you hypothetically you're normally, Jamie, this one's for you. You're a canned soup kind of guy. Uh huh. You can, you know, they sell, you know, depending on what level of comfort you have, like you can kind of recreate a soup and, you know, soups can be super easy. And whether that's, you take um, a bouillon base or sort of like the, a pre-made soup base that you could buy in your bulk section and then fill it out with you know, fresh vegetables or more grains or things like that. Or maybe you pre-soak, you know, if you really got time, you could pre-soak or pre-cook or just buy canned beans and you can kind of make a chili and sort of fill out and make a, I think, a more um, filling and hearty meal out of, that's not too far away and not so much further from kind of what you might be what we might be starting with, I mean, instead of doing instant ramen, you could buy just dried noodles from the Asian store and you can get our, like a pre-made broth and you can heat that up and cook it that way. So you feel like you're not also filling your body with kind of tons of sodium or like calories that might not get you as far depending on sort of where you're at or what you're doing outside.
1: And what about, uh, you know, in terms of recipes, right? Um, you know, is this something that, that you kind of when you're out there cooking, maybe you, you just figure it out as you go along or, you know, are there, do you recommend that there are certain recipes people follow to um, like, you know, for a camp meal?
0: I think it sort of, again, depends on your setup. You know, if, again, if you're backpacking, that's kind of, you want to do as filling, as simple, as light as possible. I mean, like if you're really wanting to do it, you can make a beautiful stew at home If you have a dehydrator, dehydrate your stew, and then you could bring that with you backpacking, and all you need to do is boil water, rehydrate your stew, and you can have basically something that would have normally taken you three hours at home to make, but you can have it on top of a mountain because, like, you've done the legwork in the beginning. Um... That obviously requires a little bit more of, you know, you have to have a dehydrator and things like that. But I think for me, I'm looking for things that are sort of one, what you would maybe historically call one-pot meals. Those are always the easiest, and they're sort of hard to screw up, Um, especially my, I always like, I usually don't cook meat when I'm outside, um, just because the level of, depending on the time of year, like refrigeration or things like that. So I always go like veggie and grain heavy. And those are, you know, kind of hard to mess up because you can do a rice with veggies or you can do noodles with veggies or you can do, you know, like Israeli couscous or things like that. And just giving your body a lot more nutrients and a filling meal without, again, needing to carry a bunch of stuff with you.
2: I think that's one of the main things, especially like backpackers are concerned about, right, is they're like they go to REI and they're buying the beef stroganoff ready meal because it's already mm-hmm. you know packaged up nice and easy. All you have to do is toss in, not toss in, literally, that's a bad idea, <laughs> but pour in some hot or boiling water, whatever the, you know, quote unquote uh, recipe might call for, and you're done. It's easy. Mm-hmm. You've spent all your energy hiking all day or doing whatever you're going to do. And then it's like, okay, that was easy. But what I'm hearing from you is you can do something that's light And you can do something that you do your work on ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So when you get to your campsite, wherever you're staying for the night, you're pretty much doing the same thing as that prepackaged meal, whatever it is.
0: Totally. And then you've kind of done all the you kind of on some level, like you know where like what's in it, you know where it's come from. And you know, sometimes like if I have a longer camping trip, I'll dedicate an afternoon to like I know we're gonna we're just gonna hang here by the campsite and we're gonna spend the whole evening cooking. And that to me is like fun in a very different way you know where it's like we'll open some wine we'll have some beers or whiskey or whatever and we're just gonna like sit and hang out and also like slowly work on this meal together and that feels like a nice detachment from kind of doing that at home or or things like that you know and that's like you can like you know skewers are super easy you can do like grape tomatoes and onions and maybe you do meat or you can do halloumi which is a nice um so really like really like a thicker cheese that chars really well with cucumbers. And I've done that with like, I bought pita from the store and I made like a tzatziki at home and just kind of spending time, like roasting them over the fire and like cooking that way. And so, yeah, there's really like, it's all really about that, like front end work before you go.
1: Samantha, one of the things that I really love that you said um, is that, that there's levels to this. And that sentiment to of you know, um, walk before you run. Mm-hmm. It, I, I like that idea that, you know, that if you're starting where like Jim and I are starting, um, that it, it can be tempting to be like, oh, wow, my, my camp cooking is terrible. I really want to be at like where you are, for example. <laughs> you know, but I, I like to hear hearing you say like that you're, you know, working on different ways yourself. You're You're working on that fire cooking or all these other different levels that you can, you can get better at camp cooking and just sort of starting at some of these, these easier levels is a great entryway into working your way up that ladder.
0: Totally. I mean, like a great recipe, honestly, is like if you get a can of crescent rolls and hot dogs, like if you normally cook hot dogs over a fire, you throw them on a stick and you put them in a bun, you can take the hot dog and you can wrap it before you cook it or you can cook it a little bit and then wrap it with crescent dough. And then it has like, now it's a hot dog inside of like basically pastry. And like, that's like a tiny manipulation to like making something a little bit fancier, or a little bit more, you know, you can juice up however you want from there, but right. It doesn't have to be like, now I'm going to make you, I'm going to hang a chicken over a fire and, you know, pop open oysters while, you know, it doesn't have to all be that extra. <laughs> I mean, it can be. I love it. I'm here to support it. I am the person who has brought cast iron pans to a picnic before because I I don't know because I am the way I am.
1: <laughs> well, I love that this, like like you said, with the hot dogs, there's these little ways to make a really simple camp meal. And it's something that's a little bit uh, more interesting or a little bit fancier. And I, I see, I never think about that because I'm very much this person where I'm, I'm just trying to eat a meal. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get calories. I'm not, I haven't really considered how even just adding one little different element to it can really change the whole experience of being at camp. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that just brings us this little extra bit of joy and, um, and, and enjoyment to the experience.
0: Totally. And it gets easier every time you do it. Cause there's a lot of times where I'm like, Oh, I forgot this. Or like, I didn't bring that. And, it sort of just has allowed me from doing it so much to realize I'm like okay here are the things I have to have like I even keep a bag of Israeli couscous in my camp box now because I'm like I don't know maybe I'm out and I there's like a cool grocery store and I want to buy some stuff there I didn't intend on it but like I have a lot of the ingredients already and you know just so sort of like every time you do it you get a little bit better and you get you know figure out ways to and now it's like I don't even think about it. I'm like, I mean, Jamie, when we were in the Albert desert, I was, (laughs) you were so shocked that I had created this thing (laughs) that for me at this point was like pretty standard, you know, because I had been doing it for so long. So definitely practice makes perfect.
1: It's a great recipe. I wrote it down in (laughs) my phone as Sam's camps do. Um, and I make it at home now, um, and now I know. After making it at home, I know I can make it really easily out in nature. And I think that comes back to what you said before: being able to sort of cook at home translates to being able to cook outside um, if you know what you're doing and you have the right gear.
0: Totally.
1: Well, Sam, before we let you go here, do you have any other um, any other basic advice for people who just want to up their camp cooking game?
0: Oh gosh, um, like. Just have fun with it, I think oftentimes we think of cooking as a chore, and it's perfectly okay if you do feel that way, but that like for you know for me personally, like cooking has always been a way to show my affection and my care for other people, whether that's at my house or whether it's out, and it's something that brings me great joy and so if cooking also brings you joy like you shouldn't be afraid of kind of changing your atmosphere or changing kind of the environment that you do it in, but just have fun with it. And you know what, if it's bad, we've all been there. We've all (laughs) made bad meals and, you know, you kind of just learn to know uh, not what to do next time, but you know, just have fun and enjoy and take care of the outdoors.
2: Yeah. I like it, Samantha. This has been very educational for both of us as (laughs) I think you can tell. Um, And it's been fun. And I think, you know, I, 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 don't think that i'm going to like yeah i'm going to make a three course meal out in the mountains sometime like you said walk then run and i think any of us are capable of playing up our like hot dogs with the crescent roll uh <laughs> bun so to speak <laughs> like baby steps in the right direction if you will oh yeah so
0: when this is all over let's go camping and i'll make food for you
2: Awesome. I, I, well, th- <laughs> I, I, I think we'll have to at least contribute something. But uh, yes, I would like that a lot. That would be great. Samantha, this has been super fun. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, really for, thank you it. for
2: having me. All right, folks. Well, until next time, you can subscribe to Peak Northwest wherever you get your podcasts. Watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. Many thanks to Samantha Bacall for joining us today. You can find her new Portland Dining it Newsletter, Six Feed, at sixfeed.substack.com. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. This episode of the podcast was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside
1: Jamie Hale, Elliot News, and Ryan Wynn. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this. 10 seconds, of Zen.